This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So let me talk to you about uh, Lear Capital. I mean, we know what's going on, right? Don't we? Really? Are you amazed at how many people are like, oh, everything's going to be great. Everything's fine. Real? Okay. Okay. Good. Good. I hope you're right. I'm going to take some steps to make sure that if you're wrong, that maybe I have some money left. May I talk to you about Lear Capital here for a second? An asset that you can trust is gold or silver. I have been talking about gold and silver for a very, very long time. I want to talk to you about a company that I trust, Rush Limbaugh trusted for years and years and years. In fact, Lear is the first place that I ever bought gold years and years and years ago. Um, It's Lear Capital. Lear Capital can help you prepare for the coming insanity. $3 billion in trusted transactions, thousands of five-star reviews, a 24-hour risk-free purchase guarantee. In case you're like, you know, that was a bad idea. I feel bad about it. I couldn't sleep last night. 24-hour risk-free purchase guarantee. Lear is the precious metals leader that you can trust. Get your free wealth protection guides. And Lear will also credit your account $250 towards your purchase because you're a Glenn Beck listener. So get that $250 uh, added to your account right away. Just call Lear Capital at 800-889-3070. 800-889-3070. It's Lear Capital, 800-889-3070. ago i had a podcast with somebody you probably have never heard of his name is josh mcpherson he is a uh, preacher in northwest washington or actually he's in eastern washington in the pacific northwest um and i saw him i don't know on on twitter or something and he made so much sense to me and i thought wow i haven't heard a pastor talk like this in a long time he's he's very clear on right and wrong, very clear on who he serves and what the problems are in life. And when I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, I left with a lot of hope because of the way he looks at things. Well, I heard him talking about what happened in um, in Houston at the Lakewood Church, uh, where the the woman came in and was going to, you know, kill Pastor Joe uh, uh, Joel and uh, and was thwarted and. He broke it down in such a way that I thought you really needed to hear this because I thought, man, I should do this with every story. 
break it down like he just did. Josh McPherson, a very, very positive way to look at life in 60 seconds. Stand by. First, let me tell you about preborn. A baby's heart begins to beat at three weeks. Did you know that? Five weeks, it can actually be heard on an ultrasound, and the eyes are forming a week after that. By 10 weeks, the baby is sucking his or her thumb. This is a human being, and preborn is leading the way in the effort to rescue babies from abortion. But you can't rescue the baby without also rescuing the mom. This is what I love about preborn. They're not just saying, Mom's a baby killer, save the baby. They're saying mom is in trouble and she doesn't have any other options most times. I think it's like 80% of the women who have had abortions regret it and then say, I, I just felt trapped. This is what preborn is all about. And this is why they've rescued over 280,000 babies from abortion. And every day they rescue 200 more by giving first an ultrasound and then giving help, comfort, uh, postnatal care for up to two years for mom. Become a monthly sponsor, will you? You'll receive stories and ultrasound pictures of the lives that you've helped rescue. All gifts are tax deductible. 100% of your gift goes towards saving babies. $28 per ultrasound. To donate, just dial pound 250. Say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 keyword baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash Beck. Sponsored by Preborn. A man whose uh, church I wish I could attend, if I lived in the area, I would be there often. Josh McPherson, welcome to the program, sir. How are you? I'm very good, Glenn. Thanks for having me back. Sure. So when you when I brought you in last time, you were you sat in my studio and you're like, I, I don't even I have no idea why I'm even here. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it was that's very true. That was a little confusing experience. <laughs> yeah, because uh, we called you out of the blue. But I, as I told you there, you have a you know you have a global reach now. If you're on, if you're online and you're posting stuff, you never know who's watching. You never know who's listening. And I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it. What was the uh, what was the take when you got back home? Uh, oh, oh my gosh! Well, uh, lots of different experiences, but I think largely just uh, so many of the people in our community, especially in our church, are just so grateful for you, your impact, your reach, uh, your clarity. Uh, your curiosity, as I mentioned on your show, your humility, and just your willingness to invite, like I said, a, a hick from the sticks to to come on your show and talk about Jesus. So a lot of a lot of excitement, a lot of gratefulness, and uh, like That's I great. said, you know, you gave my family top ten experience of our life uh, with the after show after the podcast, the things we got to see there at your place. So yeah, we were thank you. very very grateful, very grateful. Well, Josh, uh, I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the hundred bucks I promised you if you said all those nice things. So you did a good job. It came off sincere. It, 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 uh, <laughs> I remember it was, it was 200. <laughs> uh, all right, Josh, uh, I want to yeah. want to take this and break what happened uh, down uh, at Lakewood Church, uh, the shooting yeah. there. And I want to break it down the way you've you've broken it down one piece at a time, starting with on a human level, because you go through on a human level, practical level, social level, political level, theological level. And yeah. It really helps you think clearly. So let's yeah. let's start with this story on a human level. Yeah, I, uh, we, we were we were chatting as a pastor. You see something um, that happens like this, and it's so tragic and it's so complex. And instantly, it can become politicized. Instantly, it it can be weaponized from from one side of the aisle to push for 
some sort of crazy legislation to, to and, and the focus goes the wrong way. It goes to the wrong problem. And as a pastor, you look at it and go, whoa, 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 whoa. On a human level, at, at its very basic starting point, this is tragic and complex. There are no easy answers, um, especially when you have what, what I would consider to be a mentally unstable woman who thinks she's yes. a man, but potentially on hormones. We'll never know that if, that, if she was. That'll never get out. Um, and she takes her seven-year-old child into harm's way while she is going to attempt to harm other people. We can just start with the fact that this is tragic and complex. It's complex for her family, um, her former husband, her in-laws, her Jewish in-law, mother-in-laws, already been on the news. It's tragic for her friends, her coworkers, that child's friends. And then you get into the security team at the church, the Sunday school teachers of the church, the pastoral team of the church. Now every single person attending that church has to deal with the fear and anxiety. Is it safe to go to church again? I have people in my church, Glenn, who've been a part of, of kind of mass shooting events at concerts, couldn't go outside for years, couldn't go yeah. back out in public for years. And so just on a, on a basic human level, I think this, uh, and to be helpful pastorally, we start with the fact it's tragic and complex. And that's where we used to pause for a while. You know, that's right. I've been doing radio for f- almost 50 years. And, yeah. you know, you there used to be a time where you didn't joke, you didn't make it political, you didn't That's do right. anything. It was right. a moment of pause and reflection, right. and the whole country did it. Now it goes, right. if it even goes to the human level, it's not there very long. That's Let's, exactly right. And we're lesser for it. I mean, if we as a society can't come together and acknowledge the human element, that this is tragic at every level, then then we're less human and we're missing something very, very profound. So on a practical level... The next thing you uh, looked at. Yeah, the, the, the next thing that I thought was, thanks be to God, there was leadership in place. I don't know this church very well, the leadership at all, but thanks be to God, they had the sense to um, take initiative to prepare for evil. And that's, that's the job of leadership, is, is we, we, we don't make war on things because we hate what's in front of us, but we love what's behind us. And part of being a stronger man, sort of being a good leader, is preparing for worst-case scenario. And so... Um, you know, our nation may not be taking very good care of our borders, but thanks be to God, there was a pastor in, in, in Texas who was willing to take care and prepare to protect the people of his church. So on a practical level, having spent six years in law enforcement myself uh, and having been put in situations where weapons were drawn and was instant moments away from having to make a life or death decision myself, uh, I, I guess my first instinct was it, it's tragic as, at a human level. And then I was instantly grateful for good guys with guns which is the only thing that will stop bad guys with guns. Then the social level. You, you asked here, are we even listening? Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Camille Pagley, I don't know if you're familiar with her. Um, uh, she's actually someone I've listened to quite a bit. I actually really enjoy her. and We're kind of odd bedfellows. Um, she's she's a, an atheist, um, lesbian, self-identified like lesbian, transgender, um, professor of Yale and, and, and kind of higher learning. And, hold on just um, a se- hold on just a second. America, did you just hear this? A pastor who listens because there's always something to learn from somebody, even absolutely. if you disagree with them. There's always something to learn, and you listen and you don't hate. God bless you. Yep. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Well, I, I was listening to one of her lectures, and she's just, she's just naturally curious, and she's very intellectually honest. And so I, I've, I've followed her for several years and just kind of watching the journey that she's on. And 
And when she speaks, she makes a lot of sense. And one of the things that she talks about is she studied androgyny. She's written dozens of books on it and papers. And it's kind of the, the blurring of, of, um, men and women. And she talks about historically, she's very intelligent. She talks about the fact that it's inevitable that uh, when a society fixates on androgyny, it is, um, it is undeniable and um, indisputable late stage culture. It's a telltale mm-hmm. sign that that culture is in its late stage of collapse. She goes through, um, she goes through uh, the Greek Empire, the Persian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Roman Empire, and she shows w- w- the, the the Weimar Republic, the the Republic of that, Germany. It was la- that's late exactly stage. Right. That's yeah. exactly right. She, she referenced that as well, and and she talks about the the social contagion that she calls this kind of transgender fixation with androgyny and the crazy thing is when she points to each one of those cultures each one of those cultures and their fixation on androgyny felt they were being two things one sophisticated and compassionate and 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 as as a self-avowed atheist lesbian transgender person she says i am grateful that there was not a crazy government mechanism in place to pull me into making decisions that i would have regretted the rest of my life when i was 12 because in my state glenn it's illegal for a government school teacher no. to 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 reveal to a parent that their child wants to use different pronouns at school, and it's legal for the government schools to transport that child to a quote gender therapy center to begin hormonal treatment without their parents' consent, and and, and that is absolute insanity. And so we have to recognize what's happening here and stand up and say something about it. Uh, so on a social level, are we listening when you take a mentally unstable woman and encourage her to be a man? Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Next, you talked about uh, political, on a political level. Well, um, it's crazy to me, and I think there's a wide consensus with this in our nation. I think I hope there is, that there's just no ability to understand the the pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, pro-terror movement sweeping our nation, quote-unquote, at least as we see snippets of it in in the news, um, because... there's no question as to the agenda of Hamas, the agenda, the, the agenda of that terrorist group. And, and my, my question was like, like, like she had um, indisputable pro-Palestinian free Hamas messages on her person, on her gun, um, in her, in, in, in her social sphere that's being investigated. And it's like, are we learning anything about terrorism here? They are radicalizing the mentally unstable. They're radicalizing the weak and vulnerable. They're radicalizing the disenfranchised. And they have one message. It's not love. It's not peace. It's not um, doing to others as you have them doing to you. It is um, murder, kill, destroy. And we know that's satanic because that's Satan's playbook. The Bible says that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And when you parachute into a town and rape women and murder children, like, y- you, you are running the devil's playbook, whether it's in um, uh, Gaza, uh, Israel, or in Houston, Texas. So we've gone through human level, practical level, social level, political level. The last one uh, is really your purview as a uh, pastor, a theological level. And let me get to that in 60 seconds. Stand by. We're with Josh McPherson. Uh, You need to follow him. uh, Pastor Josh McPherson. You can follow him on Instagram uh, at Pastor Josh McPherson. His uh, website is gracecitychurch.com. I think this man is... I think he's the real deal, uh, and I've been I've been looking for pastors like this, and I've found many of them. Uh, this guy, I just for some reason really connect with. 
Uh, we'll continue our conversation here in just a second. First, let me tell you about real estate agents I trust. If you've ever had spectacular service, I mean really good service, you don't just notice it. You're kind of captivated by it. You know, It's the kind of thing that really stands out when somebody just loves what they do and they're great at it. Okay, this is the kind of person that we look for when we are interviewing agents to recommend to you at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is my company. The people who are involved in this company with me are just, they're, they're phenomenal people that really, they, they're listeners and they really get you and they also understand the trust that you've given me and my company. So we work really hard to get the right agents for you. We uh, put them through. I mean, the only thing that, that isn't in on the on the on the uh, questioning and the interview is really the only thing left is uh, for somebody to put on a, lover, a rubber glove, uh, and it's it's brutal. But that way, we know who they are, and they know how they. We know how they treat people just like you. They're fantastic. So if you're looking to buy or sell a house, find somebody who just loves their job, really good at it, and has great, great reputations. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. I don't charge you a dime for it. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Just tell us where you're moving to and from, and we'll find the agent for you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. 10-second station ID. This is the one that I just thought you are so spot on and something I just don't hear from people. And it is it's so positive in its nature. We're talking about the uh, Lakewood shooting, Lakewood Church, uh, and what it all means and how we should interpret this. And we've broken down all different categories. And now on a theological level. How do we look at that tragedy? Well, uh, I look at it in two ways theologically. First of all, uh, we see things in the physical realm. We don't oftentimes think of things in the spiritual realm. And, and what we know for sure is that there are two realms. That naturalism told us in government schools, if you can't see it in telescope or microscope, you, you can't believe it. So there's no category for these non-reproducible events that, that can't be repeated. And so we say it's not real, but the reality is, the supernatural, though it's viewed as superstitious by a secular world, the supernatural is real. This is the realm that, that, that um, God is ruling over, and in that realm are Satan and demons, and they attack our relationships. And so I talk about my church oftentimes, um, cultural, social media, relationships, entertainment, nothing is neutral, Glenn. And so if, I'm, if I believe the truth, I'm inviting heaven down. If I believe lies, I'm pulling hell up. If I extend forgiveness to someone, I'm inviting heaven down. If I refuse to forgive someone, I'm pulling hell up. If I treat someone like God has treated me, I'm inviting heaven down. If I treat someone like Satan treats me, I'm pulling hell, hell up. And so every day we have opportunities to either pull heaven down into our life or pull hell up into our life. And we, that's what happened at, at, at Lakewood when she chose um, evil and hate and violence. But on a theological level, the problem of evil is what confronts me as a pastor when these things happen. And people tend to ask, why do bad things happen to good people? And, and of course, I'll be the first one to admit I've walked with people through suicide, death of infants, stillborn babies, cancer diagnosis, car wrecks, and the most horrific of circumstances. And the good pastor knows that people don't need theological Bible answers in the moment. They need 
physical touch. They need, they need, they need hope. They need prayer. They need you to weep with them and to walk with them and to acknowledge that, that no matter what our answer is on the other side of this, that it sucks and it's wrong and it's not how God intended the world to be. But then as they process through the grief, the questions come. And the question is, why do, why do b- bad things happen to good people? And my answer pastorally is the, the, the premise is false. Because the real question is, why would God allow anything good to happen to sinners, specifically in a nation that's actively reject, rejecting them? Because as I mentioned, we've, we've mocked, maligned, ignored, and abandoned God as a nation, and yet He still loves us and is extending um, unmerited common grace to the people of our nation sure. every every day. And there's so much grace even in the stories I mentioned, you know, that the would-be killer came between services, that the good guys were there and ready, that she was stopped before carrying out her evil plan. So even in the immediate details of this tragic pain, there is grace to celebrate and thank God for. But on a larger scale, and this is what I mentioned to you, I think, that when we step back, and, and, and I'm careful pastorally with this, because Christians who run in with like a coffee mug and a t-shirt bumper sticker verse aren't helpful. I've been in tragic situations, and what wasn't helpful? What wasn't helpful was it'll be okay. God has a plan. It's like shut up. This is hard. I just need to. I just need to <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you know, I, yeah. I need to sit with this. But as time goes by, um, you you need answers. We you and I shared the story of, of our daughters and how do we wrestle with the 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 the, uh, the, the stories our daughters had to live out when we don't think it's fair. And I, I go to Genesis fifty verse twenty where Joseph is talking, he's been treated unfairly by his brothers, he's been sold into slavery, into Egypt, into bondage in prison, and he's been falsely accused and gone through all sorts of terrible things. And yet at the end, God exalts him to a place of authority and, and leadership. He's able to enact righteousness for the nation and save the nation from famine. And he looks at his brothers that had sold him into slavery 30 years earlier, and he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done to save many lives. And in that, we have a theology that holds. It's not Satan had intentions that caught God off guard, but he's so big and strong that he can figure out a response. It's like, no, 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 even over and above, and and sometimes in the tragedy, God is at work because he's bigger than Satan's capacity to take any of us off guard. And so when people say, yeah, but how can God use evil, hideous acts of violence to bring about any good? I just look at the cross, Glenn. Because the crucifixion of the most right. innocent man to walk the planet was the greatest act of violence and injustice the world has ever known. And in the moment that Satan thought he won a victory, God was actually bringing about a great act of global redemption I, in that same act. I will tell you, this is, this is why I want you to listen to uh, the podcast with uh, Josh McPherson. If you missed it last week, go to my YouTube page or go to Blaze uh, and find my podcast with Josh McPherson. Um, because we talk about this, that even in... Even in the setbacks that we have politically or whatever, uh, you know, if you're on the side of good and freedom, uh, sometimes you get a setback and you're like, what? But even that is a victory as it's going to be used for good by God. Uh, We just can't see it yet. Josh, I'd like to hold you over if you have time. Josh McPherson. You can find him at GraceCityChurch.com. Glenn Beck. Our sponsor this half hour is Relief Factor. What if I told you it's not only possible to get rid of some of the pain that you've been carrying around for so long, but you could possibly go back to feeling the way you used to. Remember those days? Boy, I had lost track of what those days even felt like. 
uh, back when you didn't have to check with your body before everything you did just to make sure it wasn't going to betray you or, or God forbid, you would pay for it for days and days after. Used to suffer from horrible pains all the time. My hands were in a world of pain. I couldn't write anymore. I certainly couldn't paint. I'm learning to play the piano now, and it's all due to relief factor. Changed all of that for me. It's a daily supplement that helps your body fight pain by fighting inflammation. It's 100% drug-free, developed by doctors to help reduce or eliminate pain. Over a million people have uh, tried Relief Factor's Quick Start Kit, and 70% of them have gone on to order it again. See how Relief Factor can help you with their three-week Quick Start Kit. It's $19.95. It comes with Relief Factor's Feel Better or Your Money Back Guarantee. So why not give it a try? Visit relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. That's 800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the code free speech and save 30 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Welcome to the Glenn Deck program. We're talking to Josh McPherson. He is the pastor, the lead pastor of the Grace City Church. Uh, in eastern Washington. What, what city are you, are you in, Josh? Um, the great city of Wenatchee. Wenatchee, okay, good. Apples, right? Wenatchee Apple apples? Cap- Apple yeah. capital of the world, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Josh, I, I want to I talk to you about a couple of things. My son and I are writing a book on, on men, and we're, we're looking mm. for answers on what does it mean to become a man, Mm. And uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about that um, and talk to you on a longer form as well. Uh, but first, you know, you were talking in the last break about, you know, if you're, uh, you know, you're either bringing uh, down heaven or pulling up hell. And yeah. it depends on what actions you're doing. And I, I really struggle with my job, Josh. I struggle mm-hmm. hard um, mm-hmm. because I have to tell people bad news a lot mm-hmm. of the time and mm-hmm. it it feels to me that at times what i do can can make people just hopeless um because mm-hmm. it's the problem is so overwhelming mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. H- how do i how do i know if i'm making things worse or better <laughs> uh that's a, that's an, an important question um and, if you don't uh, have an answer, you can ponder it, and we can talk off air. But yeah, no, I, I, I do, I do think I want to reflect on it because um, I, I talked with a friend yesterday, going, and I said, "Hey, did you hear about?" And then I shared something, you know, negative in the news, and he was like, "He's like, no, I didn't hear about it. I know the world's on fire. I don't need, I don't need anybody to tell me that." <laughs> and, and I heard right. in his voice just this sense of like, "I know everything is going to hell in a handbasket. I don't need anyone else to prove it. It is." It is objectively proving itself before my eyes, not only in the world, Glenn, but in everyone's personal life. Oh, Social yeah. media has created this kind of facade of, look how good things are going. I have yet to meet a person living apart from Christ who is happy, content, whole. I meet a lot of people who are good at faking it. But, but across the board, Glenn, people are broken. They are hopeless. They are frustrated. They are hurt. They are wounded. They are in dysfunctional relationships, hell is everywhere around them, and people are starved for even an aroma, e- e- even a glimpse of heaven. And I believe that's 
what men can bring. And that's why I'm so passionate about men, found a stronger man nation. Uh, I believe when the men get stronger, everything gets better. Everything gets better. Um, and that's why we focus on talking to the men in our church. It's like, look, I love women. My gosh, I married one. They're incredible. They're the <laughs> pinnacle of God's creation. The pinnacle of God's creation. I love don't ever let them God. outnumber you in the house, though, Josh. I don't know if you've experienced that, but <laughs> it's it's 50-50 in my house, so we just stopped having kids right there. So. I know. I count on the dog. I'm like, the dog's on my side. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're in zone defense. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so I, I love women. I love children. It's because I do that I talk to the men. Because when the men get clear, when the men get strong, when the men get humble, when the men become tough, to protect women and children from evil and tender to love and listen to women and children, everything gets better. I believe that the, the solution, which is, it would be so much fun to talk about uh, later in longer form. I think the solution to every social problem we are seeing in America is less government, more dads, full stop. Yes, it is. Yep. It and is. So but when men I, are being made, men are being made in, into one of two things, either just giant, I mean, girls, um and 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 all that that means i mean not literally but now i do i guess mean literally as well but uh but either that or there are these it's the hulk i'm gonna come in and fix it and no neither of those are both caricatures of that's right of man that's right that's right absolutely so the, the air of manhood is that we acquiesce in our responsibilities to be dangerous to, to walk the perimeter, to defend um, good from evil, uh, and to be someone that evil doesn't want to reckon with. So we, we either acquiesce that in the home. It's my job to provide and protect my family physically, spiritually, relationally, emotionally. We, we, either, we either advocate that or we abuse it with a heavy hand. I'm the husband. Do what I say. And both of those are perversions of God's good design that said, I made men strong for a reason. I made them physically stronger. I made them oftentimes physically bigger. I, I made them so that they can protect that which is most precious, namely women and children. And when men give up that sacred responsibility to be the protector, the provider, the leader, and the tender lover of God, uh, one woman and humanity, um, that is the end sign of culture. When the women, lay, when the w- men lay down their, their calling of manhood, everyone suffers. I will tell you that it's. Um, it may have been you. I, I'm not sure where I first heard this, but um, in the the way women are becoming much more liberal, and men are becoming uh, much more traditional male than conservative, and versus the women who are liberal, um, it, it, to me it, it seems like there is, that that that's natural. That mm-hmm. women are much more uh, the coddler, much more the the nurturer, and they yeah. see pain and they respond because that's the way they're built, and that's they right. see pain and they they embrace it, you know, and yeah. try to ease that pain. Where guys yeah. see trouble over the horizon, that's right. and they're like, "Wait, the, the Visigoths are coming quickly!" That's right. And so, so you have this, na- what's happening politically is actually very natural that's happening that's right. uh, in, the, in the youth. Do you agree with that? A, a, a thousand percent. And then there, there's perversions of it on the extremes. But, but by and large, the, 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 um, the left side of the aisle is very feminine, very soft. Let's not hurt anybody. It, it's, it's like it's, and it's, it's important. That's an important part of our life. 
it's an important part of our life. However, I would say that if, if we lived in a home and my wife, who is, if she was on this phone call, she would agree with me. If, if, if I let her run with her, her natural feminine instincts to its end, our kids would never leave the home. They'd never grow up. She'd have me pay for everything. We'd cover their groceries. And at 20 years old, my son would, I would still be wiping his nose and paying for his groceries. And that's what's happening with, with the progressive left. They want to mother our nation to death. And it's killing us because what happens is if we, if, if we, if the only dynamic in our home was the mother, our children would, their, their maturation process would slow because in order to grow up, you have to take more responsibility for yourself. And oftentimes um, mothers, that, that's a they, that's hard. They got a hard time letting them do that because that means their mm-hmm. kid might fail or, or fall and skin his knee. And, and, and so that's when the dad steps in and says, it's okay, sweetheart. He'll be okay. Let's give him some space. He's got to figure these things out for himself. And so when a nation steps in and decides to overmother a people through the grave, you know, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of you through the grave. You don't need to get up and go out and take a risk and start a business and work long hours and, 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 and stand on your own two feet. We're mothering a nation to death. Um, and so now the, the, the flip side of that is, is, you know, the joke on social media is this is why men don't live as long as women. We would, we would, we would take our kids out and do crazy things way before they're ready for it. And it's like, hey, dad, slow down here. The kid's only three. Let's try skydiving. Right. Skydiving next year. You know what I mean? Right. So, <laughs> right. It, 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 it is the, the home- balance. There is, you know, we, yes. we we are now living in a world where we're expected to not oppose things. There is right. opposition in all things, and That's it's right. the give and the take of the two, where they're both uh, both forces are coming at it. It's that give and take that makes us and propels us in the right direction. That's right. I, I sometimes use soldier and medic language. It's a little different than, than, than uh, male, female, men and women. But um, in ministry and, and shepherds and pastors, some, some are medics and some are soldiers. And the problem is right now, the medics are shooting the soldiers. And so the medic's job is to make sure that the bleeding stops and people are taken care of and they're patched up and, and, and you know, do no harm and make sure people are, uh, are taken care of, which is very important and necessary and needed. But if the medics were in charge of the war, they'd say, let's pull back. Let's not make, let's make sure no one else gets hurt. And the soldier looks at it and says, hey, I appreciate that. Keep doing the job of bandaging up the wounded. But I've got to take that hill. And if someone doesn't take out that big gun in the pillbox, we're going to stack more bodies than you have bandages for. So you keep doing your medic thing. I'm going to go charge the hill and take out the bad guys, and then we'll be at peace. And, and when, when the medics are, are um, angry at the soldiers and you're causing more bloodshed and stop doing it, now the soldier has to deal with not only rounds in the front, but rounds in the back. But when the soldier and the medic work together, caring for the wounded while we take out the evil can be a very powerful um, combination. I mean this metaphorically, um, and that's important to remember as I say this. Um, just like with CEOs, uh, there is a wartime CEO and a peacetime CEO. We yeah. are right now struggling between the people who are in America right now are all peacetime Americans. They okay. don't understand war. They just they just they understand peace. And yeah. we need some wartime citizens that understand. Look. Look what's coming yep. over the horizon. You can yep. just keep, you can keep your life, but we've got yep. to prepare because t- troubled times are coming. That's right. And and the kind of the, the the woke hashtag Me Too movement really was an aggressive movement to kind of neuter 
the the naturally aggressive man. And, and I'm not saying I mean, obviously abuse is horrible. My gosh, horrible. Yeah, probably the first one to step up and and, and bury a man Defend. who, who y- uses his strength yes. to abuse women and children. I, I, nothing makes me see red quicker than that. And and we need to remember that that God made men more naturally aggressive. And being aggressive isn't wrong, and being dangerous isn't wrong. It's it's the great gift of God to men for us to take our danger and our size and our aggression and bring it under self-control so that Correct. it's danger-controlled, and that we can release that danger like these dear officers did at the right time in a moment of danger to protect hundreds, if not thousands of people from evil. And then, you know, I have a picture in my head going, and I get emotional every time I tell, I'm not sure how long we have, but but there, I, I, watched, I was a cop for many years, and, and, and there's this incredible video of, of uh, a bad guy who kidnapped his, his, his girlfriend's child, has him at gunpoint in the middle of a street. A SWAT t- team is moving aggressively toward him, and the guy pulls a gun out and puts it at the three-year-old child's head. And you're watching this video thinking, my gosh, what's going to happen? And everyone kind of freezes, and then just this BA dude steps up, and at about 15 yards, snaps around right past the three-year-old's head and takes out the bad guy. I mean, an incredible tactical act of boldness and violence uh, and aggression. And he runs up and he kicks the gun away. He pulls the bad guy away and then he sweeps up the, the, the three-year-old child. And glad I get emotional every time I tell it. it, it you can hear the body cam. He's, he's like, put the gun down, put the gun down. Snap, takes care of the bad guy. Runs up, grabs the kid and says, hey, buddy, how are you doing? And he starts doing this whole goo-goo-ga-ga thing with the kid. He takes him over. He says, I'm here. It's okay. You're safe. And it was such an incredible picture of swiftness of violence in the face of the people. And then on a dime, transition to that tender warrior that could hold a child and talk lovingly to him to comfort him. And that's the picture of Jesus. He's both tough in the face of the enemy, and he's tender with us. And the Bible says we have a high priest who can who is acquainted with our sufferings. And so I think we have a picture of the most uh, fully alive man, the, the, the ultimate stronger man in the face of Christ Jesus. He was tough and he was tender. He was warrior, he was poet, he was lion, and he was lamb. Josh, I, uh, I just love talking to you. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll talk again. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time, Gwen. God bless. And Ellen May wants me to tell you she's praying for you and she loves you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Josh McPherson from Grace City Church. He's a lead pastor. GraceCityChurch.com. You can follow him on Instagram at Pastor Josh McPherson. This guy is a powerful, powerful advocate for God and good. All right. Our sponsor this half hour is Legacy Box. You know that box of old photos and old movies that you got? One that's, God forbid, it's in the garage or in the attic or maybe just at the top of the closet. These represent some of the most important memories you've ever made, and they are fading fast. Picture the interior of Joe Biden's head. You get the idea? Legacy Box is simple and a safe way to digitize all of your treasured videotapes, your film reels, your photos. They've helped over a million families do just that. Mine is one of them. Everything is done by hand right in the U.S. by a team of professionals who know how important your originals are, how important your memories are. So you can convert your media to digital copies, and that will always be protected. It'll be protected from floods, mold, just the decay of time. Process is easy. You just send in your legacy box filled with old VHS uh, VHS tapes, camcorder tapes, and pictures. The team professionally digitizes everything by hand, and you'll get it back on a thumb drive or in a cloud along with the other originals. 
I have legacy box. I still have others that I have to send in. You get the legacy box. You don't have to send it in right away. I have it out as a reminder. I got to do that. I got to do that. We've done so many of them. You can do legacy box and order it now because you're going to get a 50% savings. Legacybox.com slash records. You get the box and then maybe you make this as a spring you know, thing that you do with the family. You go through all the pictures and all the videotapes and you put them in the legacy box and send it out when you're ready. Legacybox.com slash records. Get even more, Glenn. Subscribe to the Glenn Beck Podcast anywhere podcasts are found. This is the Glenn Beck Program. There's this uh, feud going on between Ben Shapiro and Tucker Carlson and I just want, I want my two friends to get along, you know, just, I feel like I'm going to have you both over for dinner and we're going to work this out because this is not, I, I can't have my two friends arguing. That would be a good uh, show. Like I'd this. watch that. Well, no, that's not. Glenn Beck hosts dinner with Ben, no. ben Shapiro and Tucker Carlson. You just no, talk that, it all out. I love it. No, I Book meant it. our friendship. We would just get uh, together as friends. Oh, I don't care about your friendship, but I think it would be yeah. a great show. <laughs> Let's it would it. be a great show, but that's uh, that would probably not be the way to work it out, Stu. That would just be to uh, exploit it, you see? Well, I mean, how else is it going to benefit me, Glenn? I don't understand what was the... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even understand your point. You know, it's so hard because uh, everything is taken out of context and, you know, things happen so fast and somebody says something somewhere and then, and you just... I just want my friends to be friends because they're both really good people and we need them both in the fight. So pray for Ben and uh, and Tucker to get along and, and see we're really not on the opposite side. And I don't think either of them think that. I hope not. I hope that they don't think that. They're just, they're having a little trouble in their relationship right now. The Glenn Beck Program.